This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a global original podcast. Uh, welcome to the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. I'm JK. And I'm Al. Welcome. Everything all right? I do that again. I don't like that. Why not? No, I don't like that. that end, What's end, wrong end, with it? I didn't work very well. Well, you, really, you, you, know, you, know, sounded... you do know, don't you, that we're going to keep this one and then we're going to find out what your second <laughs> one is. So it's up to you if you want <laughs> okay, to do another, do another one. one. Okay, go on then. Yeah, yeah right. So uh, let's do the second and then we'll let the listeners, they can judge. Okay. Wow, this is this is social interaction, isn't it? Tell us which one you think was shit, and tell us which one you think was great. <laughs> Email us. No, less shit. <laughs> Never ask your audience to decide whether or not you're shit. Trust me, in 28 years of broadcasting, you don't do that. Because <laughs> they'll tell you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Then take two. With this one, can you make sure that you add our special guest on? That's probably quite important. That's very true, actually. Okay, right. You've, you've, you've teed me up. I'm ready to smash it out of the park. Let's go. Cool. Yeah, you start, don't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome to the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. I'm JK. And I'm Al. And on today's show, we have got one of the funniest guests, one of the best guests, one of the best interviews we've ever done. It's with Russell Kane. I'm sure you just said funniest. <laughs> Funniest. I'm pretty certain you said funniest. Funniest. The funniest. funniest. He's funny. He's hilarious. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Okay, we'll take that one as well. I, I don't like know it. what funny. What would funniest even be? What What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's dangerous ground, I guess. But we've just made up a word. I might try it on Jen later. See what happens. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, how's it going? How are you? Well, um, obviously we were supposed to to record this about, what, 10, 15 minutes ago. <clears throat> and I know that my timekeeping is not usually that great, but I do genuinely have a um, a, a good excuse. I, I just I WhatsApped you, didn't I? What did I say? Sorry, mate. I'm going to be 10 more, 10 more minutes. Luna's just pissed her pants. Yeah, she's just peed her did pants. Did you say that? So she's, pre- pants. she's pretty much, she, she is potty trained. You know, she's, she's been absolutely brilliant. And this is one thing that lockdown has taught us. If you're going to do something like potty train it, do it during lockdown because you've got all the time in the world, blah, blah, blah. But um, last couple of days, she started peeing herself. Now, I know I know it's a common thing to regress. I, I understand that. But we've just literally about two minutes ago, we said, do you want to go to the toilet? Do you need to go for a, do you need to go for a pee, Luna? She was like, no, I'm okay. And then two minutes later, she's peeing herself. Um, and, and the thing is, I've got the same with the dog at the minute. Our dog's on its last legs. So I've got two two creatures in the house that, that are peeing and pooing themselves. That's like the circle of life there, isn't it? Oh, it You start is. off peeing yourself and you end up peeing yourself. I know, that's why. You've you got to be good to your kids. 
because <laughs> they're yeah, going to well, be cleaning yeah, up your that. shit later on in life. And yeah, you got to let I reckon know. they also. I reckon they also wait for the like. Sometimes they just like I could go to the toilet, and I know I should go to the toilet, but I'm not gonna go to the toilet just to spite my parents, just <laughs> to yeah. just to irritate them, just because I know I know that Daddy has got to go and record a podcast, and I know that he needs to be on time and he likes being on time. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wait to the last minute, and then I'm gonna wee myself. <laughs> do you know what my theory is? It's because a second ago she we were just about to have lunch. And before that, she said, Daddy, can I have some bunny bites? If you don't know what bunny bites are, they're basically the cheap Tesco version of Pom Bears, which I think tastes better. So um, I'm like, no, you can't have any bunny bites, Luna, because you're about to have your lunch. So no. And then about two minutes later, she peed herself. So I think this is like, you know, this is a semi-dirty protest. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically, you think you can control this, do you, Dad? You think you can control it? No. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what it's You'll learn for next time. Yeah. Uh, Have the bunny bites. How's your week been? I mean, on lockdown. Yeah, same as last week. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much same as last, last before, one before that, before that, before that, and before that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's good. Like, I mean, we, we're all healthy and, you know, we've got a garden. The weather's been nice this week. You know, we've got the paddling pools out and, um, you know, it's it's been it's been f- like the best of the fact that we can't go anywhere. Like, we're doing pretty well. So we've got no reason to complain. And, um, and yeah, Ted has, um, and Ted's been all right. Like, I don't know. I, I can't, I actually don't want to talk about this because I was going to save this for the, another day. So I won't go okay. there. All right. All right. Is this, is this the one that you said that you want to talk about, which is a bit more of a serious subject? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's yeah. hold that so for another to bank time. it. Yeah. Let's bank it, bank it. Talking about paddling pools. So, um, and obviously I had to go and sort out Luna who had peed herself. Um, and, uh, I've, I've, there's a half blown up paddling pool as well. So it's their own fault because they, they can't, they can't actually enjoy this paddling pool yet, which we've just literally got from Argos, did a pickup 25 quid. It's a bloody bargain, this one. And, um, yeah, it's half blown up. So they can't even play with it now because I'm doing this because I'm working. So they've shot themselves Tough. in the foot, Al. That's what they've done. Yeah. Jen's, Jen's quite good at the minute of, of about protecting me working. Oh, she takes it very seriously, which I really appreciate. Um, but consequently, the other day I came out and I found her on the floor with one of the um, one of the pumps blowing up a paddling pool, absolutely exhausted. I was like, Jen, why don't you just wait till I'm finished? And she's like, no, you're working. You're working. I will not disturb you. I'm like, I will not it's disturb right. you. I will not disturb you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Um Coming up this episode, though, I said it's incredible. I mean, this has to go down in Don't Tell Your Mum history, surely. It's weird, isn't it? We've had we've had some uh, interesting guests. We've had, um, you know, we've had uh, Bob Mortimer and Paul Whitehouse. We've had uh, Ramesh Ranganathan, who was actually one of my favourites. I thought he was brilliant. We've had Justin Timberlake. Yeah. We've had the Jonas Brothers. You know, we had, I think we had Tom Hanks yeah, on as Bill well. Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey. We've had all these guests on. But I think you're right. Without doubt, this was the most enjoyable conversation that I've ever had. And if you could ever pitch the scene of being with one of your mates, and I, I mean the funny mate, you're not mate, you're not funny at all. But he's the, you know the mate that's always funny, and the one that you know that all yeah. the, the you know that all the girls kind of love. They always oh, so funny. He's so this this is this guy. You know this is the kind of guy this that him. you do want as a best mate, but you don't want as a mess baby mate because he's so talented. And funny. I know. I mean, so you'll hear, I mean, you won't hear my voice in this next part at all. But I was there. I was just rolling on the floor, absolutely belly laughing. Like, I was in hysterics the entire time. So I barely even asked a question because I'm just laughing at him so much. So here is an exclusive on the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. It's part one of two, all about parenting on lockdown with the one and only Mr. Russell Kane. 
Let's welcome Russell on the Don't Tell Your Mum podcast. Hi, Russell. Hello. And we uh, there's several things there we wouldn't tell our mum, which is geeky technical fact about how we're capturing this sound because it would send my mum into a coma, let alone sleep. <laughs> how do you not know that it would send my my mum wild with craziness and sexiness and think that we were... Well, not me, obviously, because that'd be weird, but would think yeah. you were an extremely sexy individual. Well, it depends. I'm going on my survey. It depends how old your mum is for a start. My mum's 60 odd. So uh, most mums over 60 normally. I I can just about stay the right side of speaking violently if I try to teach my mum how to use any technology. I then have, I normally have to beat up a cushion afterwards. (laughs) The closer she gets to the webcam, the clearer it is. So I have a lot of conversations with just an eye down a camera hole. (laughs) Is it wrong that I don't know my mum's age? I actually genuinely don't know my mum's age. That is weird. You must have a ballpark. Well, you must know how old your mum was when she had you, and you can work back from there using maths. Well, that's a little bit uh, controversial. I think I think she had me. At, was it was it eighteen? I th- I was yeah. I think it was yeah. seventeen, eighteen, maybe about Quite that. Yeah. yeah, like me. There you go. So just add eighteen onto your age, and there you yeah. go. We'll come yeah, back to that up later. Leave leave that with me. I, I'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I'm J.K. That's Al over there, by the way, Russell. Hey, Al. Hello, mate. You're right. I thought what you said AI when I first logged in. I was like, oh, exciting. The revolution has begun. And then, and then, and then I disappointed you with just my standard name. Yeah, but that would be good if that was the voice of Siri instead. Your, yours, Al. Hello, I'm your new Siri. If you do require anything, give me a notice. <laughs> oh. So, um, well, it, uh, how, how, how are you coping uh, in lockdown? It's a very weird situation to be in. The one thing is we're all in it together, not just as a country, as a world. Um, how, how are you getting on with it? Well, this we're all in it together thing. I mean, we're, the, the, we're all suffering with the inconvenience on some level of this COVID-19. But to say we're all in it together, it is a different world, particularly if you've got kids, if you've got a garden mm. to whether you live in a two-bedroom flat. I'm not this in anything true. with the the poor bastards in like a one-bedroom flat with three kids. We are not in that with them together, thank God, because I cannot imagine, well, I can imagine what it's like because I live most of my life, but live with kids in a flat, can you imagine? No outside. How are you supposed to social distance as you go down a tower block lift, for Christ's sake? I like, I like Boris's clarifications yesterday after he said, well, go to work in social distance if you have to use uh, public transport. How? When it's packed. Just face away from each other. That was honestly the suggestion from our leader, <laughs> that if you're too close to someone coughing out COVID juice, just face away. So, I mean, you could imagine if you were a parent uh, living in a tower block trying to get down to your green space area, just all facing the walls, you go down like something out <laughs> Kafka novel. I mean, it's <laughs> hell on earth. It's bad enough just having had children in the first place, just realizing the <laughs> catastrophic mistake you've made creating one, let alone if you're all packed in a box for nine weeks. So, so, so it's going well, is it, Russell? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I might have started life as a grade A chav. In fact, I, start, I started about as low down the food chain as you can get. Me and my mum started in a mother and baby shelter while my dad tried to get on the council flat list. And now I'm living in like a fucking five-bedroom detached house with a garden. I've experienced every level you can experience in British society. So it's quite nice that if it does kick off, as it has about 100 times today, and it's 2 p.m. at the time of speaking to you guys, there is a spare room I can go to. I can go to my bedroom, and you can hear the screams, but they're muffled. And that's handy. And also in the garden, my I, I just happened to have this massive shed which we've cleared out, bought a smaller shed, packed everything in, and turned that bigger shed into a gym, lined the floor with some reinforced wood. So 
even though I've got what you could call an office in the house, I've got a bedroom, I've even got my own bathroom. The only room that's really mine where someone's not going to burst in and go, Daddy, is the shed. That's it. That's all I've got. The shed in the garden. Roughly how many hours a day are you spending in the shed then? Well, I've, I've started a really, really intense workout program that needs at least an hour's workout a day and obviously takes me 20 minutes to set the weights up and then I've got to do my stretching sure. afterwards. Sure. So that's two hours of Netflix a day I'm getting away with in the shed whilst mysteriously <laughs> not building any muscle. <laughs> yeah, surely the muscle get be a bit suspicious when you're like, you've gone, you've, you've come back up fatter than you've gone down yeah, there. No, like a pepper army with hair on. I can't get away with taking food down there, so I'm losing weight. <laughs> I've done, a, I've done a few, it's terrible, but I've done a few garden weeds as well because the problem <laughs> is, if you come, I don't know how old everyone's children is, but I've got a four-year-old and once it sees you, it's like a chicken printing on the egg. It remembers the game <laughs> you didn't finish earlier. So the spell of she accepts daddy's in the gym because I've scared, like, if I don't do my exercise, I'll die. And uh, so, Dad, that, but if I was to break the gym and pop back in for a loo break, that could result in a daddy, daddy, and then the spell's broken. So I've, I have, I'll be at level with you. The garden has been watered a few times. <laughs> can we all have, because I'm glad that you've, you've said that, because I would like to also admit this is, uh, this is, uh, what is this, Wild We Anonymous? Um, where <laughs> I've, um, I actually have, so I'm in my shed uh, where I do all of this sort of stuff my other shed next to it which is like a very tiny shed has got the beer stash in so it's got a um it's got a fridge freezer in there and you know when you sort of go to that shed come back in have a few beers and then you think okay it's only i mean it is probably seven eight steps to my to my kitchen which has got a toilet but mm. i just i literally just go around the corner there's a bush here which is overgrown and i go beyond that so the neighbors can't see me and my wife can't see me and that's where I'll pee if I need to. Well, that's just based on what? Just pure can't be asked to go to the toilet or just the, or just the Neanderthal pleasure of weeing into a bush? Bit of both. I'm 45 no, now. So there no, I'm fine with both of those. But, I mean, mine, mine is just pure cowardice. It's worse. It's got like an Airbnb that it, down in London that if I'm based, remember traveling and stuff like that. But if I'm doing like a TV project that's lasting seven or 10 days, we'll all go down to London together. But the bedroom in the in the Airbnb thing, I have to come out the bedroom to use the downstairs bathroom, which means as soon as I do that, my daughter knows I'm awake. And there's there's a period between sort of when I like to get up, 10 a.m. and 8 a.m. where she's up. Now, what do you do if you need a wee between 8 and 10? And Because the once it knows I'm awake, it's game over. So I will once admit knows. <laughs> I am pissing in bottles in my bedroom in London rather than let that thing know I'm awake. <laughs> I'll admit it. And I know I'm not the only one. Because it's like one creak on the landing. It's like something out of a zombie horror movie like Walking Dead. One one click and the zombie heads are like, attack! <laughs> You've resorted to what my gran used to do when I used to stay over at my grandparents. She just had a bucket under the bed and just used to squat and piss in that. I mean, it's uh, listen, once it starts, you can't, I feel awful breaking a game because she's only four and she's not past the meltdown tantrum stage yet. But if I can get away with just getting everything done, I mean, it's not like half the time I'm not in here being selfish. I'm making podcasts last night. I was, <laughs> I, did, I did channel four last night and I still couldn't get through it without having to do stop halfway through. Sky News the other day, uh, a cat jumped onto my keyboard, looked down the camera, and then my daughter crawled past naked in the background thinking she was out of shot, but with like a, a naked child's ass pointing in the air. I mean, it couldn't have gone worse. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know whether this is going to be um, 
an extension, but how, how's the home learning slash schooling element <laughs> of, of, of having kids? The beauty of the four is it's the last year where you can sort of go, do you know what? Who cares if you can read? Just do potato prints. She's not, <laughs> she's not five until September. Some countries, if you look at the countries that are most successful at education, your Finlands and stuff like that, they don't even send them till seven. They just like use your imagination till you're seven. So the jury, the jury is out on whether it's good to teach kids early. I'm not saying I've got an opinion one way or the other. I'm just saying successful societies do it both ways. Some start drilling Latin into them when they're two. Other people are like, you know, play, use your imagination till you're seven. So I'm not going to get my knickers in a twist because there's no syllabus for me to be following, if you know what I mean. She wasn't due to start till September anyway. The And they're saying I'll send them back to kindergarten in in june but i just don't know i mean the government's like yeah but kids can't get it i'm like i think have you totally misunderstand how this virus gets around i'm not worried about my daughter getting it the immune little fucking tanks i'm worried about them i'm worried about them bringing it home and giving it to one of us two or worse to my mum if she ends up visiting or something like that and they're like yes well there's also some evidence that the, the children can't pass on the virus as much what a load of bollock so we have to anti-back the cardboard and amazon prime parcel <laughs> that the virus can live on in sunshine for three hours but my ball of snot daughter can't carry it home in 30 minutes Fuck off. I mean, obviously it can live on a child's skin more than an amazon parcel obviously <laughs> you don't need a phd in science do you to work that out They're telling us that when the Amazon man throws our parcels at us now because he's not allowed to come that close, when we open the door and we bring the parcel in, we've obviously got to clean ourselves. But but is it something on the lines of we're not supposed to open that parcel for 72 hours? I mean, I've just ordered a Sonos sound beam. I cannot wait for, can't wait 72 hours to not open that. Exactly. Uh, no man is able. I, most of us would rather be coughing into a ventilator we've made out of Henry the Hoover than not enjoy our Sonos. <laughs> As immediately as it's delivered. But also, I mean, what's the point in the, in the guy chucking it? We're obviously not going to go to the door to get anywhere. You might as well place it and ring the doorbell. The virus doesn't get dislodged in the wind as it flies through his hands. <laughs> Damn those humans. They've really worked out to get rid of us. Try and hold on if you can, Gary. That was a coronavirus oh. called Gary then. Oh, let's, oh, can we please talk about as well, what sort of pictures do you think you've had taken now with deliveries? Because obviously they need, they need evidence that you've got the parcel, they're now doing pictures instead of signing mm. that thing, which no one could ever sign anyway. I mean, it was just literally a squiggly line. Um, we started posing. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> posing at the door. <laughs> Noah, my five-year-old, came out with me the other day and he said, uh, he went, right, you need to take a picture. And as I'm standing there, he goes, Daddy, Smile. <laughs> oh, no, crushing. <laughs> That's now, where are you going to muster a smile after nine weeks of living with you, you little Hitler? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually quite a good tactic, though. Like, if, if, if the government is right and, and kids can't get or carry the virus, then we should just be sending our kids to collect our deliveries. True, true. But they might not be able to get or carry the virus, but it could still live on the porous, mucousy surface of their skin. I mean, quite, all I've got is GCSE chemistry. Even I understand that if a coronavirus can... No one's suggesting an Amazon Prime parcel can get a virus. It's a piece of card. Yet the fucker lives happily on there like a caravan site for two days. So it can certainly live in my daughter's hair, face, arms, nails, for 24 hours. I mean, the whole thing's insane. I would have much rather 
they'd have said, look, this is where we are. We're a small country. We're not what we were. We need to all start earning money. This is the risk. There is a risk to your health, but we have to go back to work. I, I'm sorry I can't afford to give you all free money for a year. Back to work, motherfuckers, on the train. Good luck. And my, <laughs> People would have kicked off, but no one could have accused him of not saying what he meant because that was just complete bollocks the other day. I mean, for my parcel selfies, I have been – have you ever heard of – do you know what the word nadage means? No. Nadage is no. where you just fl- where you just surreally flip one bollock out through the fly. <laughs> And they won't see it till later on. That's called doing nadage. So just one bit of scrotum and bollock hanging out of the zip, but posed completely normally. It won't be till later that night where he goes, oh, that cheeky bastard, put his bollock on. (laughs) (laughs) So is this your way of social distancing just to make sure it happens? Nadage. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've taken it quite seriously, the old social distancing. I did my first park-distanced walk on Sunday. Between March the 20th and that, I hadn't even done that. I'd been back garden and just sort of around the front garden and in my little close. I'd been no further, if you can believe that. Not once. I just thought I really want to know this. It is impressive, but I also realised what's different about our lives because when you i don't know what age kids you've all got, but anyone with five and unders will know it's just that two-week wait until the adrenaline if you hear the cough in the night and you know the little shit's got a cold and you're not going to sleep for three nights oh yeah it's not no one's getting ill that's the only thing that worries about me i've not had a sore throat i've not had a tickly cough the minna my daughter nothing for three months now the the first couple of months is good but then you're thinking my god we are heading for a like normal cold normal flu time bomb in october if you think about it a lot of the kids are just going to get everything the whole she'll probably just turn into a veruca as she opens the door or something like that (laughs) Well, I've got, I've got, um, I've got a five-year-old Noah and I've got a two-year-old Luna and she is, um, I, I, she is slowly becoming an absolute beast. And I don't, I don't really know. The, the worrying thing is, is that Noah obviously is in reception. So it means he will eventually go back to school. That's if we want to send him. Um, but so he's, still missing, know- he's missing the last part of his first year of school. Yeah, which is sad, actually. That yeah. is kind of sad. That's I, I, worrying, isn't it? It does worry but, you a bit. Yeah, and I think when I picked, because when I actually took, I dropped him off for that last time or whatever it was, and I could see, and I just, I just thanked Mrs. Marsh's teacher for, for, you know, for being brilliant. And she literally burst into tears, and she was like, "I've kept it, I've kept it together all day, but the sad thing is, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to see him again." And I think that was when reality hit. When, when your teacher is looking you in the eye, crying her eyes out, going, I'm not, gonna sh- I'm not sure if I'm going to see these kids again. I mean, That's she when must, shit got real. She must be new to teaching. <laughs> to <people's laughs> because all the veteran teachers are kind of like going, woohoo, this is fucking brilliant. Unless <laughs> the little shits I can't stand. Have you, been, have you had any Google Classrooms or anything like that you've had to do? No, we haven't. They've ours have been a bit sort of slow on that. That we've they've given us sort of email stuff to do, phonics, you know, diagraphs. Who knew about those, eh? Jesus, I didn't. Um, no. We've got we got that sort of stuff, but no, like you say, it's reception, so it's not as hardcore as as the older kids. No, yeah, well, yeah like, t- well, we got lucky. So if I've tried to think of it as a positive, I mean, you can imagine I've been on the road on and off for the last ten years. Mm. So if you if there was one time where you could pull your kid out of school and spend a year, which never happens in our society, it would be when they're old enough to appreciate and remember it, but young enough not to be missing anything important. That really is only between four and five. After that, they're always missing something that you wish they were having. So I'm trying to think, you know, no one else gets that with their dad or their mum these days. No one ever gets, you know, six months at home. It just never happens. So I'm hoping that she'll remember some of it when she's older or there's some bonding benefit there there's something positive come out of this 
All of us, yeah. um, all of us here, are dads. Do we? How do we feel about uh, when we see people complaining about lockdown that don't have kids, and it's just either themselves or it's just them and their partners? What, what's our? What are our thoughts for those people? That's that's like watching someone complain they've got cramp next to someone in a wheelchair. <laughs> It pisses me off too. I've got a really sore ankle. Do you mind? I broke both my legs skiing. Do you want to fuck off? <laughs> I can't help it. I, one of my one of my friends was on on I'll Facebook, WhatsApp, whatever it was, and literally just saying, "Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sick of him. I am, as in her, her boyfriend. I'm sick of him. I'm, we're here. We're going for all these walks and stuff, and he's still pissing me off. I'm just thinking, oh my god, what I would do right Jeez. now to get out and just go for a walk with not hearing the word snack like every other word. I, I would kill for that life. Oh, my daughter says protein bar because uh, she's not she's <laughs> caught onto the fact I've got these sugar free ones that taste naughty. So to her, that's a compromise. So she's completely ripped. My daughter, she can bicep curl ten kilos each arm. <laughs> I'm not surprised if her dad's down in the shed every single night doing four-hour workouts. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone's got their own challenge, haven't they, really? I think, the biggest eye-opener for me has been the people locked down on their own. The ones mm. we were all worried about patronising in the beginning. Just think of poor Paul and Gary. You know, he's recently divorced. He's on his own in that flat. What about poor Sheila? She's in her 60s on her own. They're the fuckers that are loving it. Have you noticed? They're like <laughs> doing their star jumps every day. It's like they're having the time of their lives. And it's the people with kids or even, I mean, it's quite. It's probably quite challenging being locked down as a couple. Can you imagine? At least the kids can divert you. But if it's literally just you two, um, and if it's quite early on in a relationship, say you just moved in, like you're a year in, you haven't really knocked the outer sheath off the, all of the honeymoon. There's still a few honey crystals left on there. That would really knock them off, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. That could be challenging just being a couple because at least today, I, I know there'll be things to break the day up, even if they're negative, but they'll break the day up. <laughs> Yeah, it's common ground in battling the kids, right? Exactly, common enemy. <laughs> what, um, how? What's the secret to a successful relationship through lockdown then? So me and Lindsay have genuinely been doing this, even though I did put it out as a sort of stand-up rant the other night because people found it funny, but we genuinely do this. We do it on Mondays. We do a reverse date night, which is from 3 p.m. that day, we are not allowed to be in the same room. We don't see each other. So a normal date night, you'd get dressed up, spend, give the kids to someone, spend some time together and make it quality time, get a bit romantic. Reverse date night is you do not speak to each other. You don't fucking look at each other. You stay out of each other's way from 3 p.m. that day till 3 p.m. the next day. Sleep in separate bedrooms if you can do it, one in the lounge. Take it really seriously. And then do you know what? You actually don't want to kill each other when you see each other at 3 p.m. the next day because there's been that absence. And for people with one bathroom or something, do what we've been doing. Use the garden, piss in the bucket, <laughs> piss in the bottle, whatever it is to do it. It, it's, it sounds like I'm being uh, making a joke, but it's an amazing thing to do. So you go off, you watch a movie on your own, you have your dinner on your own, you make separate dinners, you do everything separate for one or two nights a week. And it really does break the week up because you're supposed to miss each other a bit because you would do in a working week. Yeah, but I like that's- that. That's genius. How does it work? Who do you draw straws as to then who is on kid duty? Well, you could always start it as uh, um, 
at 7 p.m. and just do a date night, then it's fair then. So yeah. like from 7 p.m., one of, so then someone's only copying sort of story time and bath and all that. And then you've got your whole evening and then maybe the other one gets up with them and then you reconvene for lunch the next day. So it, it's a work surprise because time is sort of slowed down at the moment. You get a lot out of not seeing each other from between 7 and 10 p.m. It's like the opposite of normal. You get a lot out of avoiding each other because we're not supposed to constantly be cooped up like this. It's an odd thing to do. Who was it? Well, I'm pretty certain. it Was it Paul Gascoigne? This reverse date night is reminding me of something that we could all do. Um, what did he do? I think it was was Bobby Robson. I think they were having a bit of a bad spell. And, and Gascoigne, when he was playing for England, they decided to go and they decided to have a reverse. I think it was a reverse dinner. So they started <laughs> off with like coffees. Then they had desserts. Then they had, then they had the main. And then they had the starter. So they did like a reverse meal. I think... That I'm going to do that. That's one thing I'm going to do. You've just inspired me somehow, Russell, to do something completely different. You know for it's not a bad shout for people trying to lose weight, though, because although dessert is the na- naughtiest part of the meal, I think once you've done a trifle, you sort of don't fancy anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and that would appeal to a lot, a lot of you know the people. Like, I just want to be able to eat cake and lose weight. You can't, Carol. Sort your fucking life out. <laughs> <laughs> but, if Carol was to start with the cake, yeah, like you sort of sate all the naughty urges, and you probably find you're eating less calories overall on your day yeah. night. That's less carbs. Let's all try idea. it. Let's all try it. Let's reconvene and let's see if it actually works. Let's see. Let's do. It for, let's do it for like a month and see if we actually lose weight. You know, we could be onto a new diet here. <laughs> or we'll end up with diabetes and have to start a new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that fucking Al, Al, JK, and Russell—they're to blame. <laughs> hey, at least it divert people from the, the COVID crisis. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah is true. That. We could have an insulin shortage crisis instead. Remix really things up. <laughs> Russell, what do you, what do, you, what are you missing most about being on lockdown? Obviously, being on stage, it's, uh, it, it's oxygen to me. So, yeah. it's on equal billing, probably. With no, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I love my family and everything, but, <laughs> but like, all, no, but like all artists, man. Seriously, we're not. We're not. It's not a normal thing to do. It's more like one of your children or, or something you're married to or, or part of you. It's quite hard to the thought of living without expressing myself in some way. And um, I'm very, very lucky that this has happened in 2020 and not 2010, say, because the technology is there. I've been able, in fact, I've had a very successful run of these things I call canings, which are sort of almost stand-up. The, yeah. the timing's slightly different. I borrow some of the choreography of a YouTube video blog, blog and I've blended it with full-on stand-up pretending there's an audience there and it's sort of halfway between the two. Incredibly difficult to get right. It took me about a year or two years to perfect it but I was already doing I've been doing this for like four years now. So just by pure luck I already had this sort of hybrid monologue format that I knew how to stand, how to breathe, how to speak, and no one else, literally no other stand-up on the globe does it. I know because I've been into Facebook. There's loads of stand-ups do funny blogs. There, there's loads of stand-ups are doing funny things around their house or funny characters or funny sketches and have done for ages. But not many people had the 
we could say courage or we could say desperation to stick a camera on a window and when they've got topical material to get out or material that sort of had its time on stage and they want to put it out to a wider audience digitally go do you know what i'm going to shamelessly put out online the way a youtuber would no one of my of my sort would do that the traditional analog performer and as far as i know no one still is since lockdown a few a lot more comedians are trying the i'm doing stand-up pretending there's an audience there and the reason it can be a bit cringy is they're still they haven't learned that the timing of of standing there and waiting for a laugh that isn't there is not appropriate when there's no audience but also the timing of rushing on and going bang 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 without a pause is too much it's halfway between i've been doing some zoom gigs which is where punters pay to attend and they're like tiny little heads on the screen and comedy clubs bring the comedians on and most of the comedians are opting for sat in a chair like I am now being witty and engaging and doing a monologue. Hardly any, in fact, I've not seen one, are stood up and throwing it at the screen in the normal style because it's yeah. almost impossible to do without a lot of practice. Anyone could do it. There's nothing special about me. It's just that... Well, you say that there, Russell. You say that. We uh, we actually had this conversation. Do you remember those days when we used to go to things called pubs? Do you remember that? I um, remember pubes. Pubes? Is it pronounced? Yeah. Pubes, pubs, <laughs> something, something on the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so me and a couple of my dad mates, like NCT group that I that I was in, we we were discussing you, we were discussing your your canings. And what I kind of tried to explain to them was that the reason it's it's so kind of effortless and just so normal and natural is you've not only used comedy, you've not only used, you know, the, the surroundings of your home, your own home, which is also quite a good safety net because we feel like we're in the home with you, but you've also used YouTube jump cuts to their full potential. And I think yeah. that's also why the timing is really good. No, but genuinely, and I was trying no. to explain to them why it's so natural and good to watch and why it hasn't been okay, done I'll, before. I'll, I'll give you the honest, the honest inside technical information. Number one, I still stand by my original point is I've had two years to practice. The yep. first canings did not look or sound like that, uh, but there was only 10, 20,000 people watching them, which is still, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of people, but I, I, I was able to experiment at the time. My Instagram page had 10,000 people on it because I, I didn't really get Instagram. This is only four years ago. Uh, my Facebook page, I think, had about, 70,000 on it, substantial, but not big enough for me to make an ass of myself. So I did, it, I must have done 30 or 40 of these before I got the timing of it. It's not just the, the style and the material, it's the timing of how you deliver a joke as in the stand up style when there's no audience. There's a very particular timing that cannot be, I can't explain it to you verbally. It'd be like me trying to explain tightrope walking or something else or driving. You have to do it. The second thing is the jump, the jump cut. The only part of that that was planned was when I had the vision of doing these um, canings, and it was, it was while I was filming a survival program. I thought it'd be really funny if halfway through making a point, I appeared over the other side of the room doing something silly or doing a silly dance or making a funny noise, sort of Harry Heel style. Yeah, that's as far as it went. Jump cuts were never part of it. It was blah 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 Boris Johnson, and then there I am over the other side of the room going, and then I'm back in position. I thought that would look funny. The jump cuts came around because I've never, never downloaded an editing software in my life, didn't know what I was doing. As soon as my equipment is my iPhone stuck in a sat-nav holder, stuck to my bedroom window, that's my <laughs> setup. No lights, no sound, nothing. I quickly realized if you want to be left with a three-minute rant, obviously you're not going to script it. It's all improvised. I'll have a bullet, a few bullets here and there. How, if anyone can tell me, how I can do that rant without jump cuts, I would love to do a smooth one. 
but no one can because if you've got one camera and you're improvising for 10 minutes, mistakes and all, you've got no choice but to yep. stick it together jerky like that. So the sad truth of it is it's a complete accident and laziness based on lack of equipment that's led to that jump in style. But Nothing to do with thing, the vision, creative vision. If only it was creative vision. But it works. And that's it works. Also, but it works. It works really well. Honest, I can't bear people giving credit where it's not due to other people. So I'd be a bit of a hypocrite if it was done to me. <laughs> because you're, what, you're, what you're talking about then is a two camera shoot getting it right the first time, auto cue. Whereas I, for example, the Boris Johnson speech one, which is one of my, I think it is my fastest ever watched rant since I've been doing these in four years. I put it up on whatever day it was, Monday, and it did one and a half million in 24 hours on Facebook. That's never happened wow, before. Incredible. Wow. Um, that was, I literally had the bullet points of how you're supposed to avoid COVID juice on the tube. That's all I had. And then I would, then I would just improvise in my bedroom in the safety, knowing no one's actually watching at that point. Very liberating. Well, they're um, brilliant. Right. I mean, we're—I'm a big fan. My wife watches them all the time as well. I can often hear your voice just coming from our bedroom. It's very misleading. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but, do you know what? Do you know what the absolute gutting is? Because even though obviously I'm lucky enough, I'm very, I'm very comfortable. I'm very comfortable at the moment because my tour just paid out from last year. But like most artists. You could speak to me one year and I'm on holiday in the Maldives and choosing a car and the next year I'm like, oh, fucking hell, man, fuck, I haven't done any TV, my money's running out. That's what our lives are like the mm. whole time, all artists, whether you're just starting out or whether you're um, a really established artist. Unless you're at sort of Michael McIntyre level, it is a sort of graph your money. And um, it had, I'm lucky in that I've just done this massive tour, big room. So we're fine. We're certainly fine until February next year, which is when I reckon I'll go back on the road again. Absolutely. Um, we're going to have to pause right now, but we will be back uh, next week for part two of us chatting to Russell. Can we all hold for seven days? Is that all right? Yeah, I'll do it. So there it is. Part one of the Russell Kane interview on the Don't Tell Your Man podcast with me, JK and Al. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that. I mean, we were in absolute hysterics. I, I, I wonder if we actually tried to count how many times, you know, for how many seconds or minutes we talked compared to Russell. I, I don't think we were actually present, were we? No, he's just so funny. And the, the thing is, you can just ask a question like, what's it like, you know, home homeschooling on lockdown? And like five minutes later, I feel like I've run a marathon because my stomach's hurting so much from laughing. <laughs> and I haven't said a word. It's absolutely brilliant. But everything he says and everything that he talks about and the way that he delivers it and his timing, his comedy timing, is just perfect. He is, to me, he is the, um, the, he is the more likeable Russell Brand. He's, he's got that sort of energy mm. about him, you know what I mean? But he hasn't started going off into the wilderness. I just, I, I love yeah. Russell Kane. And believe me, part two next week is all about parenting. And that's, that's even better. Yeah. And if you think you or kids don't sleep or your baby's not sleeping, believe it or not, Russell Kane is a sleep guru. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you definitely want to listen to the next episode. Who would have thought? It's crazy. It is crazy. But what I love about it is it's so down to earth and it's so rounded. So even though he's, he's telling a story that has happened to me so many times, but in a refreshing and hilarious way. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he's bang <laughs> it's, on. It's relatable, isn't it? Make sure that you do tune in next week um, for part two of Russell Kane. It's going to be hilarious. And make sure that you subscribe, uh, download. Please rate us. Please leave a review. We love a review. In fact, I've got a great one here. This is from a guy called Nick Furs Smith. And it says, these two guys will have you laughing every day. A light, funny take on everyday life. 
Every day. We only do a podcast every Wednesday. Are you doing are you doing, are you doing no, all the I, ones without me? <laughs> Shh, don't tell you about <laughs> I get it, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I do get it, yeah. Yeah. I was joking, Al. I was joking. Uh thank you for listening oh, today. Don't forget to um to download on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back next week for part two of Russell Kane. In the meantime, don't forget that if you want to chat about anything dad-related, you can hop over to dadsnet.com or you can find us on social media at the dadsnet um, or send JK or myself a message at JK Jason King on social as well. Have a fantastic week. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday morning, kind of bright and early. Early, not necessarily bright. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>